the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ FM Network, AM 860 The Answer, KPAM, AM 1640 The Patriot, 93.1 L and 104.1 The Fish, and I'd love to have a conversation with you about how to introduce our audience to your church through our church service live stream directory, how to possibly qualify for hosting your own radio program, how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business both on the air and through our state-of-the-art digital and online resources through our Salem Surround marketing branch, how to host one of our station's events after the world reopens, and it will, and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you. And most importantly, if you have a pastor or ministry leader who could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, or connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest today is the president of Pestlock Incorporated, based out of Camas, Washington, and serving the Portland and Vancouver metropolitan areas. And he's also serving as the board chair of Live Love Northwest. So welcome, Scott Sneer. How are you today, sir? Doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Did you just come off a job with Pestlock right now before this interview, Scott? Yeah, I just I just uh, got out of a crawl space, actually. I was looking at uh, a problem with mice. And uh, always an interesting scenario every time you're in somebody's crawl space and seeing what nobody thinks about that is underneath their home. Well, having had my own home invaded by uninvited guests, I can certainly relate with the need to take care of our homes and our crawl spaces, especially because little critters can just get in there and wreak damage, huh? Yeah, yeah, and we and we're not haters of the little critters, but we definitely the whole purpose of the name Pest Lock is that we want to lock pests out of your home and and keep the sanctity of your home great so you can enjoy your living environment, but mice and rats are definitely considered commensal pests. They like to eat where you eat, they like to live where you live and sleep where you where you sleep, unfortunately. And so as much as you can do to block them out and exclude them from your home, and uh, allow them to scamper around outdoors as much as they want, the better off you are. Well, thank you for advertising on our stations. There's a lot of great information I found on your website, pestlock.com, which is spelled P-E-S-T-L-O-C-K.com. And can you tell us about your business and what's your preferred radius of cities or towns that Pestlock would help? But we cover we cover everything from Olympia, Washington, all the way down to uh, Wilsonville in Oregon, um, and our our primary focus is the Portland, Vancouver metro. Uh, and we go as far uh, we go as far west as uh, I I would say like Beaverton, Forest Grove, and and you know we'll we'll get out east as far as Troutdale um, in the Portland metro. 
Um, so primarily the I-5 corridor, but we do bulge out into the different metros. Uh, I'll link to that pretty routinely. So here in the Pacific Northwest, as summer has begun, what do you have to worry about the most? You know, it's been an interesting year. And, and after 21 years in pest control, actually I've personally serviced over 35,000 structures myself and managed in the, I think, somewhere over 5 million uh, different services. There's never a year that's exactly the same. We've had a fairly wet year, uh, especially in this metro anyway. And so what we're seeing a lot of is, is sort of a later season, cooler, wetter. Uh, we're seeing a lot more uh, calls for rodents than we would normally see this time of year, whereas usually get those in the winter times. There's, all, there's a whole calendar of pest pressures that you'll run into. And um, right now, I think primarily if, if I was a concerned homeowner, I would be focused on your typical nuisance ants. A lot of uh, homeowners would call them a sugar ant. They're uh, technically an odorous house ant. Um, second, second worst would be a pavement ant as a nuisance pest. And they're going to generate most of their activity, uh, you know, at the lower portion of the structure, whereas an odorous house ant would likes to get all over in your food and everywhere else. The big, the big pressures, though, that, that are of highest level of concern generally for a homeowner are rats, mice, um, wildlife that would terrorize your crawl space or your attic, kind of like what you ran into, or a structural pest, which would be termites and carpenter ants. And those are kind of the biggies that are really starting to be on the move more right now on the ones that, that technically, you know, secondarily to rodent or wildlife activity can do the majority of the damage that you would face in the Pacific Northwest. That being said, the structural pests, termites and carpenter ants, are going to tend to be in particular pockets or zip codes, uh, what we call a high-pressure uh, zip code, and not prevalent everywhere necessarily. Well, that's good to know, Scott. So what's the best way to find out more about PestLock and what services you might be able to help out our homes with? I think the biggest thing is, you know, our website is pretty informative. You know, we have a whole pest ID library where you're able to uh, scroll through and, and look at identification, understand the biology of it. Uh, all of our technicians and staff are highly trained. Uh, pest control is a combination of, of both biology and chemistry. And so it's a real science. And we we do all free inspections uh, when when somebody has a problem or has a concern we always go out on site and try and deploy the best of our technical knowledge to make sure that the, that the consumer gets uh, you know the best advice they possibly can uh, trying to see through the phone line so to speak uh, or over the airwaves is not a good idea when it comes to pestilence and we like to focus on a, on a good quality inspection, looking in the crawl spaces and around the perimeter and truly identify what, what the customer has going on. I, I can't tell you the, the countless times that I've went out to a customer who was terrified they had termites and even maybe a home inspector said they had them and proving to be nothing more than a reproductive ant with wings and a non-issue. And so... Due to that fact, we, we, we really stick specifically to coming out, doing a free inspection, uh, engaging with the customer or potential customer, and, and really identifying what their true issues um, or potential solutions are. Well, nothing's better than a free inspection because you really can't do these things over the phone very easily. 
So with all these restrictions that we've experienced across the country with the coronavirus, has your business had to take any additional precautions as you've gone and given these free estimates or worked on these homes? Yeah, that's actually a brilliant question. Um, And as with any business, I mean, we should be taking those precautions just to protect people that are high risk and and, um, makes perfect sense. Pest control is considered an essential service. So um, we had to adopt best practice right away. Uh, for us, it's not really a big deal. I mean, anybody in the pest control industry that has been around long enough, uh, we already understand viruses. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the pest control industry worldwide is responsible for saving more lives than any other industry. Uh, and that is because we control vectors that carry viruses, rats and mice and birds and bats and you know, a myriad of other things. So for us, understanding PPE, which is a new hot uh, acronym for so many people, personal protective equipment, uh, you can't even get your license if you don't know what that is in pest control. And so for most of us who've been around for a long time, um, adopting best practice to protect against yet another virus that we already deal with, uh, for most of us was... um, was kind of a non-issue, I guess, to say. And I don't mean to make light of the virus itself. What I mean, mean to say is that the professionals in our industry are already uh, very well equipped uh, to handle that and to respond to that. And so for us, it was probably far easier than most other industries. Well, that's good to know, Scott, that because of your experience in the field, in your industry, this hasn't been a major adjustment for you and your crews. So speaking of whom, do you have anyone you'd want to send a shout out to? Anyone who's been really mining the fort well throughout this season at Pestlock? Oh, all of them. I think they've all been amazing. I think Shannon's done a, a crushing job in the office. Uh, Steve, who has more experience than all of us um, out of Olympia, has been incredible. Matt has been out there uh, taking care of so many of our customers who – uh, absolutely love him. He's like every customer's sweetheart. And the whole team has really come around it and understood it, recognized the importance. And we've just set out a goal to make sure that we always wear shoe covers and gloves and and are, are pretty conscientious anyway. But we definitely adopted a practice of wearing the masks. And uh, I've had more – I think I've had more more good things to say about my team during this time um, than ever in my career, uh, the pulling together, the working hard, doing the extra, doing the extras and going the extra mile to make people feel comfortable and customers feel comfortable. It's just been a phenomenal, uh, for us, it's been a great experience and I'm super proud of my team. And so you should be Scott Sneer, president of Pestlock Incorporated. In the Washington and Oregon areas, Being on the front lines of so many different homes and so many different counties and regions and cities, what are you seeing, Scott, and what do you think is going to be next on our agenda here in the Pacific Northwest when it comes to dealing with the coronavirus? I think it's still, I mean, I think it's still like a bit, it's a big question. I mean, you have a lot of people that, uh, and not not to get too down in the weeds with it, but there's a lot of people that are highly concerned. There's a lot of people that are not concerned at all. I think there there are people that are full of fear and people that should probably be more responsible. It's a hard one to say. I know engaging with customer after customer in a typical day, myself or anyone on my team could engage anywhere between 8 and 12 different customers, whether that be commercial or 
right down to residential, some high risk, some elderly that have been even higher risk. I think the most important thing that um, we're trying to reiterate is let's not uh, let's not replace responsibility with fear. Let's just make good decisions. Let's honor the human spirit and humanity around you. Some people are a little more maverick and cavalier and some people are very cautious. And I think the important thing is that we just honor and respect each other. And um, that's really the message that we're trying to send at Pestlock is we're neither one or the other. We just want to respect each and every customer and be as responsible as we possibly can with, without cowering under fear and not going out and taking care of their problems. Because one of the things that's really primary in my heart and has been from the beginning of this was recognizing that if the entirety of the pest control world shuts down due to one virus, think of everything else that will be the second wave of uprising if we're not strong enough or brave enough or responsible enough to go out and do our job day in and day out. And uh, so that's kind of just been our mantra. That's been our direction. And um, most all of our customers and new customers have embraced it and we're honoring both the governmental restraints and personal restraints. But I think personal are more important to me than anything because I think they supersede any any other portion of the American spirit. Uh, we really adhere to constitutional rights and what people have, but more importantly, the individual. So if, if for you, Mike Lee, that something's important as a customer and as a brother in Christ, I want to honor you specifically and individually in whatever way I possibly can. And that's, that's kind of the, that's what we've adopted in this time. And, and uh, we continue to move forward with that same initiative. Well, who better an example than Jesus himself when it came to putting the needs of others before our own? So we're speaking with Scott Sneer, the president of Pestlock Incorporated. And sure, you can find out more about the business at 360-210-7433. Again, that's area code 360-210-7433. And you can also find out more information on the website, pestlock.com. That's P-E-S-T-L-O-C-K.com. When we return, more with Scott Sneer, not simply the president of Pestlock Incorporated, but also a Christian business owner in the Pacific Northwest. And we're also going to find out more about the 6,000 Miracle Miles and how to help bring hope to the Northwest right here on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, and our very special guest is not only the president of Pestlock Incorporated, serving the Portland metropolitan areas, going as far south as Wilsonville and north all the way up to Olympia, Washington. So welcome back, Scott Sneer. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Mike. Thank you. So, Scott, I want to find out more about the man behind Pestlock and behind being the board chair of Live Love Northwest. Can you tell us where you grew up, Scott? Yeah, I, I grew up in the local um, local area. I was actually born in Hawaii. Uh, my dad was stationed there in the Navy. Oh, get out. Whereabouts in Hawaii? Uh, in Honolulu, Oahu. Very nice. Yeah, really nice, except for when you come back over when you're laying on your back at six months old. Then it really kind of stinks. I didn't get to enjoy it. But uh, 
anyway, so they, uh, my parents settled in the Portland metro area and, um, other than some short, short stints in college and, um, you know, and, and a few odd jobs here and there out of town, I, I pretty much had been in the Portland, Vancouver metro, uh, the majority of my life. So where did you go to school? Did you attend any churches regularly or what? Yeah, I grew up in church um, schools. I went to Vanguard University in Southern California to start um, a year at Eugene Bible College, and I graduated from Trinity Bible College um, in the end. And um, so, mostly all private uh, faith-based colleges, and uh, graduated degree in biblical studies and theology. Very nice. So, you were a military kid. Any siblings? Yes, I do have siblings. I have my older sister, Shelly, um, two younger sisters, one adopted, Stacy, and um, Sherry Lynn, that is my youngest. So like me and my son, you're the only boy in a house full of girls, huh? Well, you could say that. I also have four daughters, and uh, even my dog is a girl, so that kind of tells the story. And then my parents were foster parents in, in the Portland metro all all my years growing up and on through college, almost 30 years, over 300 uh, total foster children that came through their house. And I think of that, somewhere in a, around the 65 to 70% were, were girls. So technically speaking, I have a few hundred uh, foster sisters out there uh, is my best guess, a lot of which I still see today. That's fantastic. The foster child system is just something you're used to because you've grown up in it, right? Absolutely. I, I was a biological son, but um, my, my parents were always actively involved in that. They were actually foster parents of the year in Oregon. I, I don't remember what year that was specifically. And so just always engaged with uh, serving the community, uh, watching my parents firsthand, uh, just give their lives um, to kids that needed it the most and people that needed it the most. Really, really is kind of, I guess, in a sense of if you hear anything about pest lock specifically why I say we you know we do pest control for a living but what we live to do is serve our community really stems from uh, the environment that I grew up in and um, what was modeled to me my whole life. I love the example that your parents put forth by fostering so many kids over the years through your childhood. So it seems like you were a pretty solid stable productive in the community family that went to church regularly. So when did your faith become your own, Scott Sneer? I think realistically, I mean, you know, when when you're super young, it's hard to exactly say. I can tell you, I can tell you a specific time and moment. Um, seven years old, I can tell you that the color of the church pews was blue and velvety, and there was kind of a dark mahogany wood on them. I remember having a moment of it was my time, and and having a realization that this wasn't my parents' faith that that um, built my relationship with Jesus Christ, but that it was my moment. And uh, so I remember that pretty specifically. Um, cool part about it is I don't remember much else at that age. Maybe uh, maybe I was uh, excited about bugs still at that point. That's about the two things, Jesus and bugs. Maybe that's why I'm where I am today. But uh, that was my first moment. And then as with anything in life, no relationship is built in a moment. Um, you know, no, the there are things and there's awesome components like healings and and highs that happen in life and lows that mark you define you and change you um but real relationship for me uh, to answer that question uh with jesus 
it has been a lifelong journey. Um, as it, as it is with any, any parent or any child or, or any marriage, is that something that you're always growing into. So going back to your childhood, it was about Jesus and bugs. How fitting even today, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's no joke. I was always fooling around with something in the backyard or collecting bugs and, and messing around with them and, and always loving Jesus and growing up in a, in a household full of, full of love and uh, godly parents and amazing examples, but always was fascinated with bugs, just always, always had a curiosity. So besides your parents who fostered so many kids over the years, Scott, did you have any other mentor figures that stand out in your memory? I've had a lot of them. Um, uh, I'm a strong advocate of sponging, which means that anybody that I can learn from, I'm going to sponge off of. And then I have a lot of individuals that I have uh, have had very regimented, close relationships with mentoring. Um, I think I would be remiss to 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 not mention, I guess that first and foremost, uh, in my opinion, the greatest mentor in my life is God, and and there's no greater gift than I got from Jesus. Um, I think about His Last Supper moment, the Passover, celebrating the Israelites leaving Egypt, and He sat with His best buddies, and He looked around at them, and His first words as He began, what would be a foreshadowing of His ultimate sacrifice. He said, I'm so excited for what I'm about ready to do. That was his words. I'm so excited. He looked at the suffering knowing that he was all God and all man and said, I'm going to fight this fight and I'm going to go and I'm going to take this away and I'm going to fix things for you. And I don't think the disciples even fully had a recognition and we know that they probably didn't of what happened. And so there's no greater mentor or hero in my life than Jesus Christ um, that I could think of. And second to him, and probably only him, would be my father. And uh, I can't say that without adding my mom because they are definitely one unit. But yeah, my dad is just one of those guys. That's, uh, he always he's always present. Um, I know a lot of people out there struggle with you know what what it means to be loved by God because they don't understand a real father. Um, I could never tell you that. I wished. I wish the whole world had my dad. Um, uh, if they could, we'd live in a different place. Uh, man of peace and man of joy, a strong man, um, and just a beautiful example of of what every every child should have. So, for me, when I think about it, I think of you know Jesus first, and my dad would be would be number two uh, on that list. Uh, just amazing. People that have changed my life and molded and shaped who I am today. And do any memories stand out from your education in the various schools that you've attended? There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a whole lot of them. Uh, I would think probably uh, the one of the greatest ones I had in college uh, was at Eugene Bible College. The professor was Paul Leavenworth, um, and he really... Uh, was a compelling force in my in my life. Just just watching him and the reality of you know sitting through. I, I went you know obviously I grew up in church, so I, I could I think I've been in like ten thousand services in my life, something crazy like that. And you couple that with uh, going to a private school and the chapels, and then the chapels in college, and then the education, and 
you know, your the reality of your Christianity uh, can be very become very pragmatic, very bland, uh, very seminary, uh, very knowledge based, and and you can lose the reality of the relationship, which is the which is the genuine nature of it. I'm not speaking ill of any of that. I, I loved all the education I got. Um, but, but Paul Leavenworth would stand up in class and probably, I think I had him like two to three times a week, your typical college class. And I think that maybe 50% of the time he'd begin to weep in, in the middle of just presenting his college class and talk about his heart for the lost and the heart of God. And, and so when I think about college, I mean, I routinely... Um, fade back to to thinking of of Paul and how amazing uh, he was and what a great influence and what a a great leader and genuine leader he was. And outside of that, it was it was there was a lot of football and and a lot of schoolwork. So football wise, who is your team, Scott? I'm a Seahawks fan. I don't know. I you know I struggled with it for. For years, I never. I'm not one of those guys that gets like crazy into it, um, tracking stats and knowing who comes from what college or you know how, where they played ball in high school or anything. But I like the Hawks. I'm like a go Hawks guy. I think it's just because it's it's the most local football team that I could adhere to. It makes me excited and uh, to watch them play. Um, and it's just kind of part and parcel to who we are. You know, we're, we believe in our local community, and um, yeah, I dig that team. Well, none of us could blame you. The Seahawks have certainly made their dent on our Pacific Northwest. So let's go off on a tangent here. Where'd you meet your wife, Scott? I met my wife in church. And um, tell you what, for every young person out there wondering where you want to meet your your wife or your husband, I tell you right now, the best best place to meet them is in church and uh and not if they're a visitor either um because then you know who they are and uh when i met my wife i i knew who her parents were uh in the church i knew the history of their family i knew that they were business people in the community and that they had a solid foundation uh none of us are perfect you know obviously if you're married you know that already plain as day um but uh, I knew what I was. I knew I knew who I was pursuing, um, and uh, she has been uh, the most spectacular thing in my life. Though so my my advice to young people is find your spouse in church. I love it, Scott. So, how old were the two of you when you first met? Well, I robbed the cradle a little bit. Actually, our moment is uh, still a going joke. I I was helping out serving at, at our church at the time uh we go to Manor house and at the time it was city bible and uh, the pastor that i was helping serve with asked me to go and uh, go to a, a youth getaway to help build the bridge between graduating seniors and um and the rest of their life staying you know staying focused and involved in the church community and and not just kind of going off into never never land and and I told him flat out, I, I spent five years in Bible college. I took one youth ministry class. I don't want to do youth ministry. I didn't even like youth ministry when I was in youth ministry, and I'm not going. He twisted my arm, and I finally went. And while I was there, the class that I got assigned to, uh, over six of them are actively involved in my life still to this day. I have a relationship with, and one of them ended up becoming my wife. So... 
I met Tiffany in a small group moment, hanging out at Sun River. Um, no clue she'd ever be my wife. And uh, the rest, as you could say, would be history. Oh, I love that story. So did you go to a lot of Generation Unleashed events over the years? Uh, yes, actually, my wife and I were the junior high pastors for a couple of years. So we ministered there. We actually were the speakers for the junior high groups at that time. And then and then years and years of serving. My wife still routinely goes and serves in any way she can. We were involved in the youth ministry there from, I believe, a year after we a year after we were married as a, as a team, I was doing it before that, a year after we were married as a team together, we were youth pastors in Clark County before we had a campus here. We were junior high pastors for three years. We were young adults pastors, young families pastors. We've always served in some capacity uh, pastorally uh, while uh, still obviously, you know, uh, running businesses. So, yeah, we were, we've been we've been involved in Generation Unleashed, the one conference now for uh, since well, yes, I don't know, twenty twenty one years. Our anniversary was May twentieth, uh, was our twentieth anniversary, but we were involved before that. Well, congratulations! Our anniversary was the twenty fifth, and that was our twenty fourth. Good times talking with Scott Sneer, the president of Petlock Incorporated. And great member of Manor House Church, formerly known as City Bible Church. So when we return, let's hear more about Scott Smear, not only as the Pestlock president, but also as the board chair of Live Love Northwest, right here on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and Scott Sneer is not only the president of Pestlock Incorporated, he's also the board chair of Live Love Northwest, which you may have heard advertised on our stations. So, Scott, you were mentioning how you met your wife, Tiffany, working with Manor House Church, formerly known as City Bible Church. So congratulations on your 20th anniversary. You know, it's funny. I haven't met you in person that I remember, and you have a young voice. So when you told me that you were married for 20 years, I thought, oh, He's older than he sounds. So, Scott Sneer, tell us about marriage and parenthood. Wow, that's a big question. Well, let me tell you about marriage. Marriage is spectacular. I have a beautiful wife of 20 years. Just celebrated our 20th, um, May 20th, this this past spring. And uh, she's amazing and uh, the rock of our family. And so blessed uh, to have her in my life. And, you know, marriage in general, um, I think a lot of people like to tell a story that is is probably partial so it comes with its ups and downs and we've certainly had ours and and uh, you contend for it just like anything else in life and you you fight for it and you fight together and and uh, we just have a beautiful uh, we have a beautiful relationship um, and you know there's days when she probably wouldn't say <laughs> say that and days that I wouldn't say that. And anybody in marriage that, that tells you different is probably oblivious. But all in all, um, as partners in life and um, our relationship together with Jesus, which is just paramount to us, you know, we like to spend at least five five days a week. We do pretty good with just morning devotion and prayer, which is life changing for any marriage, and and really keeps us sewn and knit together. So many things come out marriage, and and and. 
you know, there, there's a real challenge and there's a real battle against marriage, um, both in the spiritual and, and the natural. And um, I just thank God that I have an anchor um, biblically and through Him that that we can celebrate together uh, the beauty of the most amazing covenant uh, that you'll find in the Scripture, and that's marriage. Um, outside that, kids, wow. Well, I have uh, Alexis Brienne, uh, otherwise known as Lexi, and uh, she is 17, coming up on her 18th birthday, uh, September 28th, and um, she's doing amazing. She just completing, completed Running Start, first year in college, while still accomplishing her junior year in high school. Uh, amazing young woman of God, incredible uh, worship leader. I've got Sadie Claire, um, and she is 15, coming up on 16, October 27th, so watch the roads. She's going to be released, and um, also amazing at worship, and Great leaders and Bailey Grace, who is my 14-year-old. Bailey just turned 14 this last May, May 8th. And Ellie Madison, my youngest, who's 12, turned uh, turned 12 uh, February 13th. And I just have amazing daughters. And I have a, I mean, I have to say, from a family life, I I live a very charmed life, um, a very faith-centric um, lifestyle uh, that is always so- supported and propped up through our connection with Jesus and the church and the amazing friends that we have uh, around us and our family is, you know, obviously outstanding. How funny, Scott. Another thing we have in common is four kids, including teenagers, going to churches. So because you and your wife, Tiffany, have worked in and been members of youth group and younger ministries in the past, what do you see that the modern church today needs to do more you know, it's a tough one, you know, because it, I think it varies church by church. Yeah, it's a question that's asked of every corporation, of every local church, of every business, of every family. And I think that for me to sort of do a broadcast explanation of that might polarize me with some people. But if I was to really hit it head on, I'd just come back to what I said earlier, that one of my favorite pastors of all time and an influencer in my life, which would be Pastor Frank Damasio, delivered a spectacular message on on parenting that said you need to have both hands on the wheel. And so what I what I always um, have been a strong advocate of the, this is, as well as just kind of our, I guess, our family initiative is that I don't see raising my children or directing my children uh, as a responsibility of the church. Uh, it's my responsibility um, as a parent. It's my wife and I's. I'm held accountable, my pastors are not. And so I think that any church, um, and not to, I, I don't really have anything to say negative about anybody, but I would just say any church that my perspective is, when it comes to youth ministry, there's no youth pastors in the Bible. There's just church, uh, as we know it, the Acts Church. There's It was whole families. There, there wasn't a business ministry. There wasn't Church gets into a lot of different ministries when we probably should really focus on pastoring the family. But ultimately, it's the family unto its own um, that is responsible for bringing their children up the way they feel that God has called them to do. And so my my number one position, if you're asking, would be uh, just what Pastor Frank said. Keep both hands on the wheel when you're parenting. It's your responsibility. Nobody else's. 
Some great words of wisdom from Scott Sneer, who is not only the president of the company Pestlock Incorporated, but Scott also serves as the board chair of Live Love Northwest. So, Scott, what exactly is Live Love Northwest? Live Love Northwest serves as a resource uh, focused on finding solutions in areas like homelessness, hunger, foster care, uh, sex trafficking victims, um, We have multiple individualized and community outreach programs uh, in all those categories. Um, As far as the background of the the uh, as far as the the background of Live Love Northwest, it it actually was launched um, in its early days out of out of Manor House, and in recent years has become its own uh, its own entity. And uh, which is exciting that church just having a recognition through the leadership that this goes beyond church program and beyond the walls of the church. And we want to go far and wide with it. And so Live Love Northwest, while being birthed out of Manor House, it's become its full and own entity in the last couple of years. And, and it's just exciting to watch what God's doing in, uh, in and through the team at Live Love Northwest. Uh, as far as signing on to the whole initiative, I've, I've done a lot of work, uh, community work, as I said before. You know, we do pest control for a living, but what we live to do is serve the community. So we see pest lock as, a, as like a vehicle for what we really want to do and how we really want to serve. And and um, I stumbled on to Live Love Northwest through a friend. I really didn't have um, much of an idea about it, uh, albeit it's been going on for a long time. Programs like Live Love Northwest uh, for Christmas that we just this last year served 7,000 families uh, with gifts for Christmas for their kids, just doing all in, all these incredible things. And I, it was one of those things, you know, you go through life and you get, you get rolling along and there's so many different good things going on. And then out of nowhere, I had a friend bring it up and solicit me, hey, you should get involved. And I was, you know, I was a little reluctant, honestly, with with, uh, you know, my family and the responsibility of a business. And I run another nonprofit called Duct Tape Patriot for Veterans. And I thought, you know, it might, it might honor somebody to be asked to be on a board of an organization. But for me, I just, I need to feel like I'm going to do something, not have a title. And, uh, but I, I pondered the thought a little bit and, um, you know, questioned I, I, for me, and I encourage anybody in business to think this way or in life, actually, I, I encourage a lot of people to have their own mission statement of what they're going to try and affect in life and, and live in a life of significance. I had buckets, and I my buckets are, are veterans, uh, anything to do with children, and conservation. And, um, and this, obviously, once I found out about the foster care and the fact that that's our whole family background for supporting kids and how much that Livla was doing, I thought, well, you know what? I think I could really get behind this and get excited. And so I joined the board last year and then um, it was uh, late in the year coming into, I think it was November or something when I accepted the board chair position with a focus to, to really start uh, retooling the marketing and, and, um, the strategic planning uh, for the future. And it's just been a delight. And there's a great team. The board's amazing. I have an incredible executive team of volunteers that are all uh, spectacular. We, we operate um, about 95% uh, holistically all volunteer uh, on the team. 
Well, thanks so much for your contributions to our community on so many different fronts, Scott. And I also want to send a shout out to not only Live Love Northwest, but also to Pestlock for being the primary sponsor of the 6,000 Miracle Miles promotion, in addition to our friends at 104.1 The Fish, 93.9 KPDQ, the United Breast Cancer Foundation, Manor House Church, and Riverview Community Bank. So can you tell us a little bit more about 6,000 Miracle Miles? Absolutely. Uh, um, it would have been probably late last, uh, late last fall, uh, we made a connection to United uh, Breast Cancer Foundation, UBCF, and um, they acquire a lot of goods, um, all brand new, uh, all you know, all high quality, and um, uh, they don't always have enough places to send out how much they they get gifted. And so they had engaged us, and we talked a little bit, and that conversation, uh, you know, went on through the winter. Obviously, I was new to Live Love Northwest, but wanted to continue to kind of study out what we could what we could do with them. And uh, as it progressed into uh, the early part of 2020, uh, we were able to refine the, the list down and, a, and, um, and establish a plan to deliver two 53-foot trailers by semi into the Portland metro area from the East Coast. Uh, in doing so, I was challenged with how do I – we have the goods, and they're going to be donated, but how do we get them here? And um, – you know, call it what it call it what you will. But I had a moment where I said, "Well, we need to move these trucks, and there's miles in between here and there, and they're bringing miracles. So let's call it Miracle Miles." And um, that's where Miracle Miles was born, with the goal that anybody could donate a small amount of money, two dollars, to move the truck a mile, and uh, bring over two million dollars worth of uh, spectacular goods, clothing, and uh, I mean, it, it would blow most people's minds the the um the level of what is going to be distributed to other people and I was excited I was on with Georgie and Rice letting her know she was the first one to know let you know it'd be the second that um the first truck arrived and I uh, just absolutely incredible um what we're going to be able to do this was primarily first truck is primarily for mostly helping women and it's in every category you could think of so you know going back to what I said before of our different buckets there of homelessness and foster care and sex trafficking victims and just anybody in need in the community. Um, this will all get distributed out um, here in short order. And the second truck is well on its way and um, our community has come around it so amazingly, but we're not going to stop with two trucks, Mike, we're going to keep going. Um, this campaign is going to go for the next three months and we're believing it's going to be an annual thing and we're going to continue to truck in miracles to people in our metro area. And I'm um, so proud of our our banner sponsors, the people that jumped in, just like Riverview. Uh, I can't say enough about Manor House, honestly. I, we would not be able to do it without uh, the power of the number of members there and their commitment to give us uh, space for resource centers so we can actually offload the goods and then – uh, get it out to the community. Uh, it's been an incredible, incredible thing to watch. Multiple organizations, corporations, uh, both faith-based and not, get together um, to support uh, this, this incredible initiative. And I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. 
Scott Sneer is the board chair of Live Love Northwest, in addition to being president of Pestlock Incorporated. And Scott, I love the fact that your parents set the standard for you personally as a child by fostering so many kids. And you and your wife, Tiffany, in turn, are setting the bar even higher for your own four kids by what you're doing, not only with Manor House Church, but with this ministry, Live Love Northwest, and now the 6,000 Miracle Miles promotion. So thanks so much for contributing to the community and being the hands and feet of Christ by serving people's needs. Thank you, Mike. We, we, we love it and wouldn't have it any other way. On our way out, Scott, is there anyone you want to say hi to? Oh, shoot. Well, let's say hi to my dad since I mentioned him in the earlier uh, program. Uh, dad, I love you. And um, I uh, wish everybody had you. Scott, thank you so much for what you've done and for joining us today in your busy schedule right here on Difference Makers. Thanks again, Mike. I really appreciate you. And thank you um, to Salem and everybody, um, all the different stations involved for your guys' care and support. We honestly couldn't get this message out without people like you and uh, your commitment to uh, the faith-based community and, and all that you do. We just so appreciate you as well. It is an honor and a privilege to do so, Scott. Thanks again, Scott Sneer, for all that you do. Yeah, I just, I just think, I think my two positions that everybody's asking right now, again, number one are, as it relates to coronavirus or COVID-19, don't replace responsibility with fear. And as it pertains to the racial tensions in our nation, fully recognizing all of it. And there's no other position as a believer that we should have is is that that we understand that grace replaced by hatred will be an epic fell for all of Christendom. We need to be dispensers of grace and peace and joy and never hatred. A beautiful summary from Scott Sneer, president of Pestlock and the board chair of Live Love Northwest. I'll make sure that the websites are posted on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com, which include pestlock.com, and also for the ministry of Live Love Northwest, LiveLoveNW.org. Thanks so much for listening to Difference Makers. Difference Makers.